Hello, and thank you for joining us for the Hatchbend Apostolic Church web broadcast. In our society today, some, and yes, sadly, maybe even most, question the value of preaching in their lives. But we still believe what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. In essence, Paul preached that God has chosen the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. And so that's why we still place such a high value on the preached word of God in agreement to the scripture. And so now I'd like to thank you again for joining us for a message from the pulpit of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. Our lesson today is Jesus responds to faith. Um, the name of it is the mighty God in Christ. The focus verse is John 3.36. John the Baptist uh, he says, he that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life. And he that believeth not the Son shall see life, shall not see life, but the wrath of God abideth on him. Now, one thing that's unique is in the, in the, the gospel of John, this, this is John the Baptist's last words in John, in the Gospel of John, he's going out with this. If you believe on the Son, you have everlasting life. But he's telling you, if you don't believe on the Son, you're going to have the wrath of God abiding on you. So he's leaving with some strong words, but he's talking to the people of God. And so he's, he's telling them the wrath of God. But one thing that's even more unique is to me in Revelation, it talks about in the sixth chapter of Revelation, it's talking about the people are saying, hide us from the wrath of the Lamb. That's almost like you could really put that together, a wrath and Lamb. But Jesus is saying, that's one thing that you really don't want is the wrath of the Lamb. So he's telling them this, and then... The mighty God in Christ, we have always believed in one God. Um, the, we believe the Bible to back that up. In fact, it's not what we say. I mean, it don't matter if we believe that or not. The Bible, the Bible does say that there was only one God. God spent the, the whole Old Testament saying there's only one God, telling his people there's only one God. In fact, there was only... The Bible says that there's over 300 references, over 300 references, telling his people that there's going to be a Messiah coming. And so in the book of Exodus, at the 20th chapter, in verse 1, this is the starting of the Ten Commandments, and God spake all these words, saying, I am the Lord thy God, which brought thee out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. Thou shalt have no other gods before me, and thou shalt not make unto thee any graven image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or is in earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. So God is telling them right now, number one, number one is don't make any, anything out of anything to make an image, to make any kind of graven image. So he's telling them right as soon as he gets them out of Egypt, Look, I brought you out of the house of bondage. 
Don't go into any other type of bondage and look, make an image and bow down to it and think that image can help you because it can't. And that can go anywhere. If, if you take and you look and you give yourself to anything that you think can help you other than God, then you've made an image out of it. And God is telling them, don't make a graven image, don't make anything other than me. God said, I'm the only thing that can help you in, in, in the short of it. God said, I'm the only thing that can help you. So he's telling Israel, point blank, I am your God and don't put anything above me. And in, in Deuteronomy 4 and verse uh, 4 and 12, he tells them like this. This is Moses at the end. They're fixing to go into the promised land. And when and the Lord spake unto you out of the midst of the fire, listen, and ye heard the voice of the words, but saw no similitude, only heard a voice. So right there, Moses telling them when 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 they're leaving, look, it comes down to a word. When you heard the voice at the at the mountain and you didn't see no uh, you didn't see no shape or nothing. Moses said, it's coming down, down to the word. God said, if you worship me, it's got to be in spirit and in truth. Moses said, there was a reason you didn't see no shape. God said, don't put any kind of graven image or anything. Moses said, it was for a purpose. It was for a purpose you didn't see no shape or image. Because you believe my word. God said, believe me what I'm telling you. Look to my word that I'm giving you. And he said, that is the reason that God chose not to give you a shape, to only let you hear his word. You didn't see no shape, he's telling them. He said, so that was for a reason. And so I'll go now to, to Isaiah uh, 43. Isaiah 43, and let's start at 7. I got a purpose, so stay with me. Everyone that is called by my name, I have created him for my glory. I have formed him, yea, I have made him. And God said, bring forth the blind people that have eyes and the deaf that have ears. Let all the nations be gathered together and let the people be assembled. Who among them can declare this and show the former things and show us the former things? And let them bring forth the witnesses that they may be justified and let them hear and say it is truth. Ye are my witnesses, saith the Lord, and my servant who I have chosen, that ye may know and believe me and understand that I am he. And before me there was no God formed, and neither shall there be after me. Now, I, even I, am the Lord, and besides me there is no Savior. I have declared and have saved and have showed that there was no uh, strange God among you. Therefore ye are my witnesses, saith the Lord, that I am God. Yea, before the day was, I am he. And there was none that can deliver out of my hand. I will work and and who shall let it? God is, I know that's a long reading, but God is literally telling them, you've got to get this. You cannot. I mean, they lived in uh, nations that literally had idols everywhere. So God is telling them, look, and don't think it's not the same today. We live in a, uh, a country full of idols. They just got different shapes. 
but they lived in, in people that just had these idols and they literally believed them. But God said, you, you Israel, you're my witness. You're my witness. I have shown you literally that there's no other gods. Before me there was no God or after me there will be no other God. So I am showing you now in um, Isaiah 40, 45, let's go 45, 6. That ye may know from the rising of the sun and from the west, there is none besides me. I am the Lord, and there is none else. Now, I'm going to skip back just a few and go back to Isaiah 40, and let's read 28 and 29. Hast thou not known, and hast thou not heard, that the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, fainteth not, neither is weary? And there is no searching of his understanding. He gives power to the faint and to them that have no might. He increaseth strength. Now, one thing that, um, that has happened to us or to me, I know, and it's, I'm sure it's happened to you, is that we, when it comes to believing there's only one Lord, we are living in a world where it's just people... Or they just look at with everything that we have. I'm trying to say this right. It's what I'm trying to do. Um, but we have a term sometimes of just looking at it, even the Bible, through time. I love time. But when it comes to some spiritual things, you cannot look through the lens of time. And I remember just... So much when God helped me when the Bible says, let us make man. And, and some people even says that, that we was made in the Lord's image. And, and I think, really? How, how can you believe that? The Bible says that, we, that God and he, he created and, and, and we're made in his image. But the Bible talks about uh, that he, um, he took and he shaped and he formed us. But. When the Bible says, let us make man, and I'm thinking, God is not limited by time. We are limited by time. And when you look at these verses, it says, let us make man. You're talking about the spirit and the flesh, and God is not limited by time. God sees everything that is what we would call the past and the future as present. There is no limit. There is no limit. We, I mean, we limit ourselves because that's the only way we know how to put it into words as a past and a future. But it does not exist with God. And that's why I believe some people has, has um, a problem and they will say that there is a trinity. That, that you have to say there is a father, you have to say there is a son, and you have to say there is a, a Holy Ghost. Well, we believe that. We believe that. And I said, when the Bible, I was talking to one gentleman uh, not long ago, and he asked me about the virgin birth. Virgin birth, And I said, how? He asked me, he said, how can she still be a virgin uh, and have a child? So uh, I told him, I said, he said, and I've heard of the Holy Ghost. I said, okay. Why do you think it used the Holy Ghost? The Bible says it, it, the Holy Ghost overshadowed Mary. I said, why do you think? Of course, he didn't know. He was just told me what he had been told. I said, look, the Holy Ghost is the spirit of regeneration. 
I said, so that is why the Bible says the Holy Ghost overshadowed Mary. And she was uh, impregnated, ever how you want to look at it. Uh, that's probably the wrong word. But she became with child and produced Jesus, who was literally the image of the invisible God. I said, when you look at it like that, it all makes sense. I said, no other form would make sense other than the Holy Ghost bringing the Lord, who is the image of the invisible God. I said, you can't look at it from a time perspective because God, because God knows no time. And I said, the only way I know to, to tell you is when you go back to Genesis 1-5, and the, boy, the Bible says in the evening and the morning was the first day, that marks the beginning of time in my, in my look. And then you go to Revelation 20, uh, 2014, it says, and death and hell was cast into the lake of fire. And then you've got 15, and it says, and those, everybody's name is not written in the book of life, they was cast into the lake of fire. Well, time's over. There's no need for time anymore because you go as after everything, after the millennial reign, after everything. There will be no need for time to exist anymore. Time will be no more. So when it comes to the Lord and us and Him, He repeatedly told Israel over and over and over, there's one God, one God and Him only, and I'm it. And He told them over and over through the whole Old Testament, and there is a Messiah coming. And then it, it is just, Unbelievable. It's just unbelievable. Well, stay with me. Okay. In the book, the book of Hebrews, I'll look. In the book of Hebrews, if I didn't take it out of my Bible. Okay. I know you've heard this a million times. Hebrews 13, 8. Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever. Okay, we can quote that when everything's good or when everything's bad, but I'm telling you, that is the truth. God hadn't changed. Just because the dispensation of grace was entered in, God hadn't changed. Everything he said in the Old Testament still went into effect, for he is the fulfillment Jesus Christ is the fulfillment of the Old Testament. So therefore, when he took and did this, now, I want you to go and to, back to John with me. Go to John um, in verse, or chapter 8, excuse me. John chapter 8. Okay. Now, if there's a sobering verse in the Bible, this is sobering to me. John 8, and I want to read... Um, 24 and 25. Now this is the Lord. He's speaking, as we would say, to the church. He goes up to them, and this is what he says. Or they're standing there, and this is to the Lord. This is the Lord speaking to them. I have said, therefore, unto you, that ye shall die in your sins. If you believe not that I am he, you shall die in your sins. Then they said unto him, Who art thou? And Jesus said unto them, Even the same that I have said unto you, 
from the beginning. Now, 24, I have said therefore unto you that you shall die in your sins. If you believe not that I am he, you shall die in your sins. And I asked you, do you believe that verse? We better believe that verse, and I'm not trying to be cruel. We've heard that verse quoted a lot of times. But he plainly tells the church, if you don't believe that I am he, who I've said the whole time, and those that have an issue saying God is this and God is that and all of this, and, it, and it, oh, that's all right. It's just who you believe. He can be whoever you want him to be. No, he can't. No, he can't. He said, if you don't believe that I am he, meaning if you don't believe that I am Jehovah, I'm not trying to be cruel. We're no cult. We're not, we don't believe something that's weird. This is the Bible. And he said, if you don't believe this, then don't come to me for forgiveness. I'm, believe me, I'm not trying to be cruel. I'm just reading the Bible. This world has went berserk. This is what the Bible says. This is what the Bible says. Now, the Bible, go to Colossians. Go to Colossians. We'll read... Um, Okay, 1, 14, uh, excuse me, chapter 1, uh, 14. In whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sin, who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature. We have forgiveness. And then he is the image of the invisible God. What is really disturbing to me, really, and I'm being honest, it was told so much through the Old Testament. The Messiah is coming. And I believed that they preached it. The prophets preached it as hard as they could. And how disturbing to the Lord must it have been. It's when he got and when he made comments like I just read. read. And then how disturbing must it have been to the Lord. Is all this time. I told you I was coming. My prophets, I warned them. I said, warn them, warn them, tell them that I am. Moses said, Moses was talking and God said, we'll worry about Pharaoh later. Right now you tell my people, I am that I am. I've always been. I am that I am. There's no beginning and no end. I am. You tell my people that. So he comes and the people says, you know what? We're not what we want you to be. You're not strong. You didn't wipe them out. You didn't do this. You didn't do that. We don't believe you're the Messiah. And then we got the New Testament church and come in and says, no. There's a trinity. You got to baptize Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. How disappointing must it be to God when only just a few churches and says, look. The Bible says that it's in the name of Jesus Christ is the only way you will get forgiveness. There is only one God, one baptism, and you need to be filled with his spirit. And churches just say, oh, it, it don't matter. It doesn't matter. Baptism doesn't matter. It really doesn't. 
you know, according to some. And, and it just seems like it's just, oh, uh, life goes on. The Bible talks about it, you know, the same as it was since the beginning. Really? Well, all the time they told him, and that Messiah showed up, and that Messiah is coming back. And all the ones that said naysay and all of that, is, there's going to have a different meaning when he comes back. I'm going to read one more verse, and it's in First uh, Peter, First uh, Peter one and nineteen and twenty. Okay. All right. But with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot, who verily was foreordained from the foundation of the world, but was made manifest in these last times for you. Now, that's what I love from the foundation, from the foundation. God knows everything from point to point. God knows everything about us when it started, how it was going to be. It doesn't surprise him. It doesn't surprise him. From the beginning and from the end, God knows. Now, just like when it is just, I don't know, thinking about this, it was just truly amazing to me with all the prophecies given. What God must have really felt like, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, some might view this and think I'm trying to be cruel. I am not. I'm just saying we should be screaming this as loud as we can scream. I'm telling you. I believe that. Now, you got John the Baptist. He's just saying he's knowing. And here is a man that is took. He's kin to Jesus. But he knows this is not about me. You know, this, I, I'm, I, uh, I'm coming, I'm, I'm going, and it is just, I watched some things here a while back, and I've never, um, here again, this is about me. <laughs> what a time to be about me. But, uh, so this is about me, so don't, don't get mad at me. I've always liked, um, I guess, contemporary style music. Um, I've never been too much for Southern gospel. Um, never listened to country music. Um, but I was watching a thing about contemporary um, Christian music. And I'm telling you, it is shocking. But it, I'm telling you, it is shocking. If, if you watch the Devil Wards... Where's God in all of this? It is made. It's just worshiping the creation of man. More, I mean, God gets no credit. It is, it is unbelievable of what is going on. And, and John had it right. It's not about me. I got to decrease. That the one I'm talking about needs to increase. And it is just like people has just turned... Um, I mean, we cannot be, we cannot be the ones that's beating our chest and saying, look what I've done. And I don't believe we do. 
But I'm saying in society that which we live, when we get to, we, I mean, I've heard some, and I purposely watch some of the ministries that, of people that years ago I actually listened to that was not apostolic. And wow, I couldn't believe some of the things they were saying. It was really, really shocking. As time goes on, it's just, you used to say the line was getting blurred. Well, there is no line anymore. I mean, the line is gone. It's just, it's just like, but the verse that I got to keep planted in here is Jesus Christ is the same. He's not going to change. What is changing is humanity. Humanity is changing. We don't think that the doctrine should be that strong or stiff or we should preach against this or that. But Jesus Christ hadn't changed. We can go as liberal as we want to go, but I'm telling you, God hadn't changed. God hadn't changed. And so John is saying, this is not about me. We have to put the kingdom of God first. I mean, we don't have to be crazy and run out and do all kinds of weird things. The Bible gives us balances to, to, to go and to preach from. But it's just John had this clear understanding that we are going to have difficulties and hardships and all of this that is going to be. But God made it plain. God made it plain. I, there is only one and one God. And we have to not let that go. We have to hold that and keep that dear. And not let that ride. It's just, I don't know. It just seems like so much of the world has adopted this. And if you believe truly and, and, and rightly that there's only one God truly, you are in a unique minority. I mean, there is so much that does not believe this at all. And when it came to his ministry... You would think John the Baptist would have so many advantages. I mean, it's just like, if you was kin to Jesus, it would just seem like, wow, everything was going to be okay. I mean, you would think you had it made. But it was just, I don't know. Here is his, I mean, Isaiah even talked about, the forerunner, 700 years, even before John the Baptist got here. So it seemed like he was just going to be the man, and he was had such a pedigree, but it was just John the Baptist would have never realized that he was going to take the death that he really did. It just seemed like it just, you just, you wouldn't think you'd have put his lineage up there and then put his death up there, and you're thinking, there's no way this is going to happen. He's got this connecting to, uh, connection to Jesus. There's no way he's going to die this death. And, but he did. And then, but he had truly, John had truly seen everything that he had supposed to seen. And he had said, and he rightly said it, and his ministry measured uh, truly up to the church. And he had this. He had this. He felt the same. His disciples, you know, even when it got thin and all of a sudden 
when Jesus is coming up and then his disciples is all of a sudden John's, John is baptizing, he's baptizing, Jesus is getting more popular. And all of a sudden John starts noticing that his crowd, they're thin. And somebody comes back and tells him, you know why they're thin? Because they're all over here at Jesus' crowd. <laughs> he's, he's the one that's got your people. So John, he understood and he understood why this. I mean, I mean, that truly takes an anointing to do that, to understand. But the thing about it, when we're, if you are running a church or in charge of a church or doing that and someone down the road or another town has got that, the truly, truly thing, God doesn't hold us accountable for the results he asked us to fulfill the call. And John the Baptist recognized, despite the exodus from the people to the ministry of Jesus, John the Baptist had fulfilled God's call. So no matter what it looked like, no matter what was happening, John had hold a meeting. I guess he had baptized everybody that needed to be up to his calling. And Jesus was getting them further. That was the will of God. And he had did that. He had done the, according to the plan. He had fulfilled the plan. So, but he was understanding. He had he, his response, literally, um, that the, his success was what God wanted him to do. And it did not. In other words, John had to come to the realization it was not his own ability to do that. It was the anointing that God had put on him to accomplish that. So what had happened that John remembered that his job is to point others to Jesus. And that's what it is to us. We have to fulfill what God has given us to do. And he's, he said, ye yourselves bear witness to me that that I said, ye, I am not the Christ, but I am sent before him. And ministry becomes much more manageable when we remember who we are and who we are not. And God didn't call any of us to be the savior of the world. We can't do that. We're not even qualified. John clarified who he was and validated who Jesus was. And that's the call for all of us. We are doing that. One, one university of uh, Notre Dame football player and motivational speaker made this claim. I have learned two things in life. There is a God and I am not him. <laughs> I guess he had it down. That there was, John the Baptist used the analogy of a wedding. And he did this. And he took and showed the bride and the bridegroom and the friend of the bridegroom which standeth and heareth him rejoice greatly of the bridegroom's voice. John told his disciples as a friend of the bridegroom, John was elated about the expansion of God's kingdom. And then he took and he wanted how beautiful life would be if generally the success of others, many Christians revel with the envy and resentment when they see God blessing someone else. We should not be that way. 
John was speaking directly about himself and contrasting his ministry with that of Jesus. Jesus later would testify of John, Among them that are born of women, there has not risen a greater than John, uh, a greater than John the Baptist. Now, he took and he knew that here it is that John was a great prophet and that he, he took and he, um, he did what he was fulfilled to do. As many times if we've been asked to, to go and to do and to look, um, we have granted, I think the most challenging job that we have of this day is to tell the world who Jesus is, that Jesus is the one true God. And just as the others, uh, we've had um, probably, I'm sure, many dis, uh, discussions with people of them saying, who is that? You know, I've had a lot of people ask me, you know, uh, different times. But really and truly, we cannot forget who God really is and the challenge that God gave to us. And really and truly, the privilege that we have been granted. And I thank God for it, and I appreciate it. I'm going to ask you to stand, if you will. Let's pray. God, I love you. I thank you. I thank you for who you are and for what you mean to us. Have your way this day, Lord God. I love you. I thank you this day, Lord God. I praise you. We ask you, Holy God, to touch us, Lord, each and every one. Minister this day, Lord God, I pray. We thank you, God, for who you really are. Thank you for your spirit, God. Thank you for your understanding, Lord God. Touch us, each and every one, and we will thank you. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. This message has been brought to you today by the media ministry of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. We pray that it's ministered to you in some way, and we'd like to take this opportunity to invite you to join us in service here at Hatchbend Apostolic. Our Sunday services begin at 10 a.m. and our Wednesday night service at 7.30 p.m. For any more information or to speak with our ministry staff, please feel free to call our church office at 386-935-2806 or you can visit the contact link here on our website. Again, thank you for listening and we pray God's richest blessings on you and your family.